Hey guys, welcome back to But Why Should I Care? Uh, thanks for coming back and listening. Uh, hopefully this one will make you think we're going to be talking about the theories of truth and why it's important to know truth. So uh, just to get us started in the philosophical uh, world, you could say, they call this the study of epistemology. Um, the study of epistemology is simply the study of truth and knowledge. I say simply, but it's exactly the opposite. It's quite literally one of the most um, brain-stretching studies I've ever done, just trying to <laughs> figure out what, I can't even say I don't know what that means because I don't even know what to know is. But, um, so we're gonna be talking about that. Um, just starting with things that are in my life that makes this um, important is the fact that we are in such an information age. Uh, I literally just recently watched what's called The Social Dilemma. It's this movie about um, the internet and what it knows about you and AI and all of these different things. And it's just like, wow, we have an unbelievable um, accessibility or opportunity to look at literally anything we want at any time. Uh, but John Stone Street once said, uh, we should not confuse information with truth. And even though the, uh, the information can seem persuasive and um, almost true at, si at, at times, we have to go back and um, know wh why we know that and how we uh, know that truth is in fact true or that claim is in fact true. Uh, so should we go ahead and take it away? Yeah, so there's a lot of truth claims out there in our society today. And as people are asking the question, they're saying, how do I know what is true? Mm -hmm. I mean, we even have Christians in our church trying to figure out, okay, is what I believe true? Right. Is, is Jesus really who he said he is? And they have questions even inside the church, outside the church. And so anyway, we want to talk about that today and just trying mm -hmm. to identify what is truth and getting us to a point where we can see how that might be important mm -hmm. in our lives mm -hmm. and even in our actions and belief systems. Right. So my friends, um, the most common thing I hear is just that we are in such an age of information that we're almost drowning in a sea of disinformation at this point because we're so, we begin to be apathetic towards how do we even know what this person is saying is true? How can I even begin to um, question and reason through what is true because I don't even know the fundamentals of truth and I and then it just spirals into this apathetic state of mind where it's like I can't know truth anyways does it even matter so that's what we're here to you know discuss so yeah and a lot of times even in our society today what truth has become has be, been experience so what oh, people sure. experience they say, well, because I'm experiencing this, this must be true. And right. so therefore they're living that out in the society today. And so experience has actually become what is known as another truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could, yeah, you could say another. Yeah, I can see that there's this. It's not actually true. Right, right. But um, this is where you have to go back and like look at how we even take in information, I think is the basis for this. So um over time, we've developed two different ideas of uh, bringing in information. Um, it's rationalism versus empiricism. So rationalism is the idea that we um, we can trust our senses, uh, but we take that information from our senses and we can deduct and reason through our mind and our mind capacities uh, versus empiricism, where they say that we can only trust our senses, our reasoning, um, it, it's not necessarily where we draw our information. We draw everything from our senses. 
Um, so there's this distinction between reason and experience almost, but it's been said that empiricists believe that there has to be some small use of reason and rationalists need some small use of um, the, the senses for them to like exist, but that's changed over time. And all that to say, there are, there, there are different ways that we take in information and it's important to realize how to, um, like that's a good starting place to look at that. Be able to assess the information. Yes, to be able to assess the information. Yes, thank you. Uh, so I think this is so important because Socrates even said it like, you know, way back in the beginning ages of classical uh, philosophy and everything, just that the unexamined life isn't worth living. Um, and just in the fact that if we don't know why we're living, what's the point? This is more of like an existential question of just like, we need to know why we're doing what we're doing in order to have, you know, the drive and motivation to do what we do. Otherwise, it results in apathy. And that's just also not fulfilling. It's just like, you're, you're going to regret it both ways. Um, but that's an existential question. But um, all that to say, that's why this is so important. And it's evident in our postmodern culture, which postmodernism is the idea that there is a lack of truth, that truth cannot be known, and that it's, it's kind of contradictory because, I say kind of contradictory, it's definitely contradictory because um, the individualism that has risen in our culture of my truth is my truth no matter what you say, but truth is required to be objective in order for it to be truth. Um, but we can, should we go ahead and break down relativism and... Yeah, for sure. And the idea that even in our postmodern world, a lot of times you'll hear statements like, it can be true for you, but it's not right. necessarily true for me. Right. And that actually is a contradiction in and of itself. Right. That's what I was getting at. And so, absolutely. And in saying that, what we end up having is relative truth. Right. That's, yes. So you, you can call it relative truth. Is it really true? <laughs> I would it's say not really no. true. It's not really no. true. It's, but, it's relative ideas. Not to be confused with subjective truth, though. So um, relative truth is the idea that there are no absolutes and that um, anything that is known, it depends on kind of individuals and their culture, surrounding cultures. So it's relative to you and that your truth claims um, revolve around you and not necessarily something that is objective. So objective truth is the opposite, and that is that truth is absolute and it exists independently of any groups. We can see this clearly through ethics. We can see this, um, as we talked about last time, that there are reasons that we can say that something is wrong because there's an ethical standard, there's a truth standard. Um, you can see this in art as well. There's a beauty standard. There's truth, goodness, and beauty. Those are the three transcendentals um, of God that we like usually talk about when talking about this kind of subject. Um, yeah, and but, one of the things that we can use as an example for an absolute truth would be murder is wrong right. all across the world. And some people say, well, no, people you know, in the Middle East murder and it's okay, but they only murder within their group right yes so like if they have a group and they say you can go murder those guys but they still wouldn't allow murder within their own group that's very right true. that's very true so it's really important and for us to understand that people do have objective truth that they live by even if they only apply it to right. this small group of people and it's important to take that analogy and like think of it like not even just in that sense but we should look at them and be like that is wrong to kill others 
um, sanctity of life, right? Right. Um, so we can look at them and say that's wrong. Therefore, there is some type of truth standard. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see it within their group. We see it from our perspective looking at them. There's all sorts of reasons to believe that there is truth in ethics. And that's, that's I, think, I think that's a really good example. Um, but this is not to be confused with subjective truth. There's subjective truth, which are opinions. Obviously, if you like chocolate ice cream, no one can look at you and say, that's not your, the objective truth. You have to say, no, that's your, that's your opinion. Uh, that's subjective truth. It only relates to the subject. Yes, correct. Yeah. So um, I guess it would be subjective and objective truth and relative and absolute. That's a better way of saying that, I think, so, if that helps. Um, so this is so important because we can look at our culture and start to address. We take in that information, the rationalism and empiricism, of what we think is um, true. And we align that with our fundamental beliefs of Christianity, us as Christians. Um, and then we can assess what to do with that. So that's why this is so important is because we need to know why. Um, and this just leads into like the ideas of capital T truth and lowercase t truth, mm-hmm. I think. Um, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Because there is a truth. Yes. And then there are a lot of truth claims in our society. Right. Truth claims in our society would be lowercase t, capital mm-hmm. T would be God. Christianity, God, because there is a truth. I, yes. I think Nancy Piercy does such a great job of Good. talking about to- in her book, Total Truth. Right. Yes. And she refers to this idea as a capital T truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we can know what is true because we know that God exists, there is truth, but we also need to look at the world and see what is true um, in regards to each claim, looking at them, seeing if they align with God, um, because truth is in itself a reflection of reality. And what, what's a better definition for truth? Well, actually, that's a great definition of truth because uh, truth is what corresponds with reality. What and I, w- I, I would replace corresponds with reflect okay. if I were teaching it just to people every sure. day because it's a really good way of saying, okay, does that align with mm-hmm. the reality that I'm seeing? It's like when truth reflects reality, mm-hmm. then it's being able to see something like a dog and recognizing that yeah. it is a dog. Right. We know that th- what a dog looks like has four legs, it wags a tail, all of those types of things. Yeah. But when we see it, we see that it clearly reflects a dog. Yes. So you can tell that a dog is different from a cat because of these things that you know. And that you know these things from seeing them and deducing them in your mind. And you can come to the conclusion of, oh, this is a dog. And you can recognize that. Exactly. So that's good. Yes. Um, and it's so important to know that the, there is that objective truth that we all understand in our minds when we see a dog or a cat. And we know that that's what it is because that is those are the qualities that it would have in order to be what it is. Okay. That was a more um, confusingly fi- philosophical <laughs> way almost to like explain that. We tend to, you know, use things that can sound confusing but i hope that i hope that was clear all that to say you can know a dog is a dog because of the qualities that it has okay good glad you're still here i think this is why objective truth is so important and in our postmodern culture we need to be exposing that this truth exists because you can see the um, expansion and the evolution if you will of pluralism and the ideas of 
there are all these different paths you can take to heaven. Uh, you can see this in the life of Pi, for instance. This is um, a book that was written um, a while back, and then it became a movie. So maybe you've seen the movie, maybe you read the book. But the main character, Pi Patel, uh, goes through a journey, if you will, of uh, discovering himself and reality. Sort of, uh, that's kind of a layman way to say it, but honestly, I don't think I truly understand the book, <laughs> honestly. Um, so I'd have to go and research it a little bit more. But um, all the important part is that Pi believed that he could have all the ideas involving Christianity and coexist with Hinduism as well as uh, Mus uh, Muslim ideas and beliefs. So, like a syncretist. Yes, it is a syncretist, yes. Um, so there's this idea of well, I've taken all of these steps to uh, becoming um, a, you know, enlightened in Hinduism or be a better Muslim in um, Islam and um, pursuing to be like Jesus in Christianity. So he believed that he could be all of these things and all of these truths kind of like coexisted and lived together in harmony. But that's not necessarily true. And I know you, um, the story that David Platt shared that you shared earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a video out, which I think is really good. He talks about the fact that he was sitting on the steps talking to a couple of people, and I believe he was in another country. I'm not sure. But anyways, as he's talking to them, they're all talking about how the idea of pluralism is that we can all get to God taking these many paths, but right. we get to the same God. And he said, oh, okay. He said, so basically what you're saying is we're all kind of like at a bottom of a mountain and we're all climbing up on different paths, but we all get to God the same end. Yeah. at the same end. And he's, they were like, yeah, yeah, we totally, we totally agree with that. You get it. You get it. And he goes, well, actually in Christianity, it's quite different. He says that, Actually, God came down from the mountain to us, you know, and you can see that in the story of Christ. Right. God dwells with us and God came down to us. And I think it's a great demonstration, right. especially after all of the time passing after John Hick, because John Hick really ushered in this idea. And he has a book, it's called God Has Many Names. Mm -hmm. And he actually has a story where all, all these diff different people are marching. They're all singing and dancing to a different language, a different tune, but they're all ending up at the same path. But really, that's just not true because we can see that the law of non-contradiction, non that's, right? what, that's what I was going to say. The law of non-contradiction states that um, one truth cannot exist if, or uh, let me, let me just rephrase that. Um, it's not that one truth cannot exist, but um, that one claim cannot contradict the other and both live in harmony as truth. So for instance, you can't say that um, Jesus exists and is the only way to heaven and also think that you can, Get to heaven through Hinduism or um, Muslim ideas. So um, they live in contradiction. So therefore, they couldn't both live as truth claims because they don't agree. And if they don't agree, what do we listen to? Do we listen to Jesus is the only way, or do we believe that all ways are the uh, are the way? So it's important to know. Um, which one is true and which one is right because they can't live in contradiction. That's just basic laws of logic. But it's also important to recognize that is like a very Western philosophy idea um, and that it's different when approaching these questions of logic to um, Eastern philosophy. Um, and just the ideas that syncretism 
is the idea that they don't necessarily care that they contradict. They just, um, as, as long as you're being enlightened, that that's the goal. So you have to approach these questions differently when you're using apologetics um, with different types of people. So keep that in consideration. But it still stands that there is one truth. There's objective truth. We know that from the Bible. It's just you're going to have to take a different path to explaining this to um, I think Eastern philosophers. Would you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. And especially because when we're talking about truth, like for example, when we talk about Christianity, Jesus mm-hmm. says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And we know that, and I tell my students or ask them questions, I'll say, How many times do you think in the Bible or the New Testament it says that Jesus is the only way, that there's only one way? And I'll have them start saying different verses that they've learned, like for example, you know, Say John three sixteen for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him, right. not whosoever believeth in yada yada yada. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so we can see that clearly Jesus is communicating that He is the only way, and we even see in Ravi Zacharias he has a book that he put out quite a while back before his passing this last year. He was such a great apologist, Jesus among other gods, right? And he writes in his passage, he says, whatever we make of their claims, meaning the claims of all the different ideas, he says, in all of these there emerges this way of life or an instruction. So, for example, for the Buddhist, he delivers you into the noble path. He instructs you. For Muhammad, he transforms you for the beauty of the Quran. For Zoroasterism, you know, you're listening. But in Jesus, it's quite different and dramatically different. His message was different. He says he was identical with his message in him saying the scriptures dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He did not just proclaim the truth. He said, I am the truth. He did not just proclaim a way. He said, I am the way. He did not just open up vistas. He said, I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection. And so you can clearly see that, you know, when you compare the, especially when you're talking about the laws of logic, in the Quran, Jesus doesn't die on the cross. In Mm -hmm. The Bible of Christianity, Jesus dies on the cross and is raised from the dead. Mm-hmm. So they can't both be true. Right. But when you're talking about Eastern ideas, then they can bring all those ideas in together and say that it's just that you just believe those things because that's the way you grew up. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. or they'll say you just believe those things because... Uh, you haven't been enlightened in the mind to have this fuller realm of knowledge. It just takes a different um, path to talking about truth, for sure. So it's important to know these different theories of truth in order to be able to speak on these. So we're just going to run through a few of them. Um, The most um, prominent, you probably could say, of all the theories. Um, Okay, so correspondence theory of truth is what I would consider I would fall under. And I don't know, do you... Would you agree with me? Yes, I feel yes, like yeah. yes. <laughs> there's there's some people who can hold um, Christian beliefs as well as um, pragmatist kind of ideas, which we'll get to later um, with different philosophical ideas. But um, for the most part, I believe that Christianity corresponds with the correspondence theory of truth. Uh, so 
correspondence theory of truth assumes that we know reality and we have trustworthy senses so we can find truth uh, because it reflects reality, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, because we can trust our senses and our reason, we can trust that we know reality and we can um, discover that through our senses and our reason, right? And it will be a reflection of what we seem to know. Yeah. Okay. The coherence theory of truth is the second, um, which states a proposition is true if and only if it adheres to a state of beliefs a person holds. So this is tricky because it sounds good at first, like, oh, as long as my worldview is right, then we're good to go. But if your worldview is wrong, this is where it gets tricky. (laughs) So um, you have to, in order to have the coherence theory, you have to pretty much never challenge your prior belief you have these set of beliefs that you believe are true and you just continue to add things and add things and add things. It's sort of like when you look at a web, you just keep sticking things on the web. You can't necessarily like cut one of the strings and it continue to be a web. It like falls apart, right? So you just keep sticking things on, which can be tricky because then you have the law of non-contradiction. You're kind of just taking in all of these things. And if they don't align with what you're your views at the beginning, your fundamentals could have been wrong. And you, that's how we come to it. That's how correspondence theory of truth um, analyzes it. Analyzes. Yeah. So yeah. It, would you say that the coherent theory is something that would be more in line with a Hinduistic approach? Um, I mean, yes. I would say that that, would, that could be correct. So they can just kind of take in all ideas. I mean, because Hinduism has thousands of gods, Yeah, and right? their fundamentals are that there probably is no um, truth. There is enlightenment. And so you can just continue to like kind of stick on all these beliefs and it be okay because it's like a syncretist idea. You just take kind of everything. There's this idea of pluralism within Hinduism that says everyone's path is the same. It's okay. No matter what you believe, there's not necessarily objective truth anyways. So, and, and isn't that interesting because that's kind of what we see in our society today. Mm-hmm. They take a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Right. I, I was listening to a story one time of a teacher at our school and he was talking about how he was sharing the gospel with this young man. And while he was sharing the gospel, the guy was telling him, he said, now, I want to take anything except Christianity. And he said, oh, okay. He said, well, what what would be your belief system? How do you live, you know, ethically and true? And he said, well, I think you should do unto others as you would want done unto you. And he kind of laughed and he said, why are you laughing? And the guy who was sharing the gospel, he said, well, those are the teachings of Christianity. That's funny. That's actually really funny. And so, they, you know, they take in all these ideas, but they mm-hmm. don't really know where they're, where they're from. from. Yes, it's important to know, analyze um, with big T truth um, in this particular circumstance. So uh, the third theory of truth is pragmatism. This is the view of truth which holds that a proposition is true if and only if it is useful to achieving a desirable um, result or achieving desirable results. Um, So this one is uh, also sounds good on the surface, but this doesn't assume that we know reality. It's more of the ideas that, well, we can't really know truth anyway, so I'm just going to do what I think is the most beneficial. Um, 
And really, you can say whatever works. Whatever works. They're going to do whatever works for them. Yeah. And even though it's really a theory of a long-term working out, mm-hmm. they they may even live it short-term. This yeah. is working for me, yeah, and this is the way I believe, and so I'm just going to go with it. Yeah, I think it's relatively based on like consequences. So you like can reason and think, oh, I probably shouldn't do this because... Um, this consequence will re- be the result. So they think, oh, I won't do that. And this is like, what is true is what the result is. So you look at what, um, you that's how you derive your ethics from it, I guess. Yeah, and so um, like if you're driving or speeding in a car, you're gonna say, I'm not gonna drive 90 because- I, If you I know, get caught, I'll get a ticket. Exactly. But if I don't get caught, then that's okay, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of um, people that might say that pragmatism is okay with lots of philosophical um, wormholes, I think. Yeah. But um, for the most part, it's it's safe to um, derive your truth from first God, obviously the capital T truth. But when, when analyzing lowercase t truth, uh, this cor- correspondence theory of uh, truth is a good way to analyze and absolutely and we can analyze by reasoning and our senses god has given us that i mean even in isaiah he says come let us reason together yes he's given us these abilities and it's it's incredibly important that we talk about these things because one we need to know what truth is right and we need to know is why I believe what I believe and be able to communicate that with someone. Mm -hmm. And then we need to be able to say, you know, using the law of non-contradiction, when someone says something, is that true? We need to Mm -hmm. ask the question, you know, is this claim true? And, And use the ability that God has given us to reason through that in light of, in the backdrop of God's word. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah taking that using the tools of the bible as the fundamental truth but taking your reasoning and your trusting your senses so your senses um taking all those things as tools can help you to reason with reality all questioning is like you need to have some level of skepticism not to be a skeptic because that's different to be a skeptic is to assume that you don't know anything and that um you're striving to look at what is true but there's no truth out there to know i guess that there yeah i would say you could know that it what you know is that you don't know i think Mm -hmm. and so you're skeptical of everything um so not to be a skeptic but to be skeptical of everything in the sense that you should question it and bring it back to is that what the word of god says is that what is reasonable or rational is that what my senses might agree with And even going back to where we started in the beginning of the podcast, and that is what John Stone Street was saying, you know, in this age of information, we're drowning. Mm -hmm. We we have to be able to navigate through these sea of ideas. I mean, our kids and your friends and people around us have literally a university in their hand, right? Yeah, literally. Um, They can go to any university they want to on the internet, and they can seek and find information. But we have to know a couple of things, that there is truth, Mm -hmm. big capital T, and that we can navigate. And, you know, we were talking about pluralism earlier, and truth helps us navigate, is Jesus the only way, and how we can be confident mm-hmm. in that. And we can see that there are truth theories 
out there, but we want the theory that reflects reality. We want to know that truth is reflecting reality, and that's what God's Word does. It reflects reality, Mm -hmm. and so we can share that. But why should we really care? Right. So truth is the reason for us going to our culture, and it's our reason that we bring for saying that something is wrong. So it's we have to know truth in order to expose what is right and what is wrong. Um, so this this kind of ties in with ethics uh, because we act on what we believe. We act on um, our core beliefs. Our worldview derives um, is what we derive our actions from. So we need to know truth and that our um, understanding of truth is correct in order to do what is right. So we can go and say pluralism is incorrect because. We know there is one way because God is truth. His word exposes his truth. Uh, And we can say that postmodernism is, you know, our whole culture is incorrect in thinking that there is no truth because if there is one absolute claim, which is can be God exists and that you exist, um, then there is absolute truth. There's no denying that there is absolute truth truth or objective truth and even in the postmodern thought when they make the claim there is no truth they're claiming in the right. claim itself yes. that there is truth don't you love that trick that's yeah. such a nice <laughs> one. i like that i i've been waiting for the day in my college classes when someone can say truth does not exist and i can raise my hand and say actually <laughs> that is a truth claim but i do not have that problem in philosophy because they know they know um anyways um But yeah, so it's important so that we can go to our culture and help and bring truth to light. Just not discover, but uh, highlight, not not highlight. I guess you could just say. Expose. Expose. Expose is good. Expose what is right and what is wrong. And then um, second, the Christian understanding of truth. Uh, With our understanding of the afterlife, we know that we face an eternal consequence if people do not believe that we are fallen and that we need a savior and address that with um, asking for forgiveness and pursuing God, then we're going to have this inevitable end, which is going to hell. And we don't want that because the more we learn about hell, the more we should desire to expose truth and show people why we believe what we believe. Um, So because people are going to hell is another reason that we should care about truth. Um, It also satisfies the soul. Just... um, you know, God tells us to pursue him and we know that God is truth. That is what ultimately will bring you an existential purpose. Um, it will give you um, the motivation to do right, to live rightly and pursue right morality. Uh, there's a lot of things that pretty much involves every sphere of life with that. So pursuing truth is um, important. And then I would also, yeah, just to make sure that we expose that pluralism is false is like probably the key to reason why to we would study truth, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks for listening. And we hope that you learned something new and that you can take away something that will help you in your journey of faith. We'll see you next time.